Hello and welcome to another episode of the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I answer, what am I reading this week? This week, I've got Wildlife number two from Antarctic Press. The Indicia states, Wildlife number two, May 1993, is published bi-monthly by Antarctic Press. P.O. Box 290221, San Antonio, Texas. The last line of the Indicia states, Hey Rocky, help me, I seem to be on fire. And Print Run 1600, printed by Brenner Printing in San Antonio, Texas. Alright, so Wildlife is a classic furry anthology from the early 90s from Antarctic Press. The cover features a great work by Phil Morrissey. It's a very cute, cartoony style. It seems to be happening in Mardi Gras. There's a bunch of revelers. There's a bunch of beads being thrown around and candy, as is par for the course for many Antarctic books of the time. Uh, we've got full color covers, but black and white interiors. Now, I got this book as part of an eBay comic haul, just a bunch of random books that I picked up. I'm slowly picking up old issues of wildlife and other furry comics. And back in the day, I, I got a few issues, but never quite got a full run. So it's cool when I see some low-priced copies on eBay, I like to snatch them up. So Wildlife is an anthology series with a variety of artists and authors putting out various episodes of a series. In this particular one, we've got Buffalo Wings by John Nunemacher, Snow Job by Todd Sutherland and Charles Davis, A Friend Indeed by Riley, and Crossways Radio Days by Walt Staples and G. Raymond Eddy. Editors Sean Howell and Matthew High. Assistant Editor, Brian Sutton. Now there's a bunch of names from the golden age of furry comics here. Todd Sutherland, Sean Howell, Brian Sutton. These names really stand out to me when I was first introduced to furry comics in the late 90s. This is from a few years before my time, 1993. So I've got a soft spot for these early books. The first story, Buffalo Wings, is a, is a great slice-of-life story about the first day of college. I'm not sure if the characters in this story have appeared in previous, like, fanzines or anything like that. I'm taking it as if it's the first appearance of these characters. There's a couple of best friends that meet up at the airport and they're off to the first day of university, going to move in. There's a resident advisor and another character who they accidentally trash his Pioneer Fox 9000 10 disc CD player. Cliff is very mad about that, but still decides to hang out with them at the local pub by the urging of the resident advisor. I really like the art in it. It's got a very clean style. The panels are not cluttered. They really do a good job of focusing on the characters. Nunamakura really creates a great environment and great characters with wonderful expressions. Each character has its own personality. And the many background characters running around, they also look like fleshed out characters. Even though we only follow four in this episode. Panels are very creative. There's a page with your standard eight panels, but then there's another one with, for exaggerated effect, with many zigzagging oddly shaped panels. The opening shot at the airport is really nice. 
There's some great depth of field as we see a variety of people at the airport as Godfrey arrives. It's funny, it's pretty well written, and there seem to be some shenanigans about waiting for their girlfriends to come back from the European vacation. Next issue, the girls come marching home. So I hope to find a copy of Wildlifers number three to see where that goes. There's a house ad for The Collected Hey Neaters by Mike Sagara. I'd never heard of this character. I think this art doesn't look very familiar, but it seems to be a pig character. Perhaps his name is Turbo from what I get here. Seven stories from the funny animal small press hit Hey Neaters, plus 10 new pages. 80 pages, black and white interior, all for $9.95 US. It's a very cartoony style, uh, sort of like uh, for, uh, I don't know, elementary school students. But there's a very busty fox on an island, and it proclaims, This comic does not contain any of the following ingredients. Costumed heroes, mutants, barbarians, robots, aliens, martial arts, or obligatory sex scenes. Sorry, maybe later. The next story comes from Sutherland and Davies, and I remember reading their, their stories in other anthology books. And Todd Sutherland is one of the names in furry fandom that I really remember from the late 90s when I first got on the internet, when I was in college, and discovered the world of furry fandom online. Another slice-of-life story in that Mange, the main character's brother, has to shovel snow and he sneaks off to his brother's room to look at his nudie magazines. He gets caught by the sister, there's a Mexican standoff, and it all works out when Mange agrees to return his sister's pocket milkshake maker. Art-wise, compared to Buffalo Wings, I don't like it as much, although it is very good. I think the characters are a little too realistic, they have mostly human type of bodies with animal heads and tails. But there's a, a few panels that are really nice. Once Mange is caught in his brother's room, there's a really great panel with stark black and white as light floods the room. The next story is A Friend Indeed, art and story by Riley. This is an adventure with Shemp and Myrna in some sort of Jurassic Park style world or planet or something. This one, in sharp contrast to the other two stories, is extremely detailed. Every leaf, every cloud, snow on the mountaintops is very much rendered on the panels, which I think make it a little too busy. When you're dealing with black and white, it can be very easy to go overboard. And I think art-wise, that's the problem here. Everything's very detailed, impressively detailed, but a little too cluttered. Unless you really pay attention to each panel to really understand what's going on, it looks like just kind of a lot of line work that's hard to get through. They're wandering around in this weird wilderness, almost get eaten by a plant, find a little baby Garbanorf and return it to its nest, but then the mama Garbanorf attacks them. I feel like there's a page missing because after Shemp falls out of the tree, it suddenly cuts to him saying to Myrna, Well, I'm happy just the same. Thanks, Myrna. But we don't get a sense of what just happened because the panel right before that is him falling off the tree and Myrna not really saying anything. So I bet there's a page missing there. They're at the command center or something. 
they do a joke and then it ends, which I'm sure then is continued in a subsequent issue of Wildlife. The last story is a very interesting one, Crossways, Radio Days by Staples and Eddie. This is something very rare that I've seen in just about any comic, let alone a furry comic. It's a religion-focused story. We have Pastor Dormouse at the church with his secretary talking about Reverend Rattingly on the radio last night. There's actually a footnote on page one of the story. Notice from the artist, the behavior of the characters in this comic is not necessarily typical of people who follow the Christian faith. No harmful stereotypes are intended. We apologize in advance to any people who are offended. And I didn't really see it at all as anything negative. Basically, Pastor Dormouse is lamenting doing a radio talk show about religion because that's not, he feels, the best way to build community in church. At that moment, a slick-talking donkey appears and tells them, we're looking to start a religious show and your name came up. Then wouldn't you know it, the pastor accepts and he's on a radio show talking a little religion. The main point is God's love for everyone. He sent his only son to save us because of his love. He loves you, me, everyone, whether you deserve it or not. The rather clueless DJ, Wow, Pastor, what a really novel idea. How long has it been around? He replies, Uh, going on 2,000 years, Mike. They finish their segment and then the DJ, And now a word from our sponsor, Balrog Beer, Beer and Babes, that's what life's about, to the intense consternation of the pastor. He goes back to the church and basically tells his secretary he quits. They said they had to make a buck. And I said they didn't have to promote drunken promiscuity. The secretary replies, well, you were right. He thinks about it and replies, yeah, but you don't convince people by yelling at them. Anyway, they told me if I want straight and serious, I should go on the McNeil Lair News Hour. The phone rings and the secretary says, it's, it's McNeil Lair. The end. The art in this story is, I think, a little simpler than the other artists. It does create a sense of space, of place, where the characters are, without a lot of detail to the backgrounds, a lot of talking head panels back and forth. Good expressions, though. Not extremely funny ending, but I see what they were going for. And then the issue ends with coming up next issue, more Buffalo Wings by John Nudemacher, more Wildlifers by Joel Rosales, more Crossways by Staples and Eddie, cover by John Nudemacher, and more new stuff too. It was noted in a couple of places in the comic that Joel Rosales' Wildlifers strip did not fit the page count. They were pretty full, so they're returning in number three. Now, I know Wildlifers by Joe Rosales, really cool series, and I knew a little less of Wildlife, the anthology series. So that's why I picked this up off of eBay. And it's really cool then to see the final page about what other back issues are available from Antarctic. Again, it really takes me back 25 years ago. We have various issues of Mangazine, which is instrumental in bringing anime and manga to US audiences in the 90s. Mighty Tiny, another big name in furry comics. Furlough, this lists the first eight issues 
Now it's over, what, 170 issues? Gold Digger, the classic Fred Perry book. And even more classic Albedo, Volume 2. After Galachi published his Volume 1 independently, he was then published by Antarctic for a time. The back cover is also full color and states, if you don't subscribe, look what you're missing. And again, re reiterating Albedo, Frillo, etc. Also mentioning Genus and Echibon, comics for a little bit older readers. This book was pretty much all ages. I think they said the S word once, and I'm not sure if the other in this, the other issues in this series were of that PG or PG-13 rating. I don't really remember that it was anything higher. Definitely Genus and Echibon are more in the uh, NC-17 or higher. But it was cool to see one of these classic early furry comics of the 90s. Hard to believe this is basically 25 years old now. So this week I read Wildlife Number 2 by Antarctic Press. And this has been the weekly VM Campus Comic Book Club. See you next week.